TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Welcome back to Huddle, Mike Max, Pete Nigerian. Huddle Up with Gus is the name of a, a program that Gus Farratt does. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a great program that, that looks at the NFL from a lot of different angles. And, of course, he played quarterback for the Vikings and the Rams, so why not have a guy on that knows both franchises? Gus, good morning. Uh, Merry Christmas a day late. Hey, good morning, Mike. Merry Christmas to you and all the listeners as well. Okay. Assess this one. The Vikings and the Rams. The Rams on a short week. The Vikings without Delvin Cook. Well, you know, I think the Rams have a pretty good defensive line, although that's one thing they want to keep that. Uh, uh, the Vikings really want to keep that Rams offense off the field. Uh, you know, so they were going to have to run the ball. I hope Alexander Madison can step in and do the job. But without, them, without Dalvin Cook, man, that really puts him behind the eight ball. So I look for Kurt to uh, throw the ball a lot today, be smart with the football, and, and keep that offense on the field. Gus, Gus, I'm going to go back in time a little bit. Maxi went right at today, but I'm going to go back a little bit. <laughs> I'm curious, Tulsa, how did you end up at Tulsa after being a guy in Pittsburgh and, 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 and all of the different places that were recruiting you around the country, but you end up going to Tulsa and, and, and you were a quarterback along with T.J. Rubley, who was a fun guy who was around for a really long period of time and kind of kind of the, the uh, inspiration behind the movie The Replacements. Uh, I'm curious, what yeah. <laughs> made you pick Tulsa? <laughs> well, um, two reasons. First was we had a coach that was from Pittsburgh. His name was Mark Thomas. He went to Penn State. Uh, he was the O-line coach, but he recruited the Pittsburgh and Philly and kind of the surrounding areas in Pennsylvania. Uh, and uh, we had a lot of guys from Pittsburgh going to Tulsa around that time. And then second was the head coach, David Rader. Uh, I met a lot of head coaches when I was coming out of high school and coach Rader just really, he was the guy that really forced me to go to Tulsa just because he was so involved. He came to my house twice. Other coaches never even showed up. So, uh, you know, to come to our little town of Fort city, Pennsylvania, a thousand miles from Tulsa, that meant something to me. And, and he was a great coach. We, he caught an incredible game. Uh, it was a like a spread style offense. So I, I was coming from the wing tee in high school, and I said anything I could do to throw the ball more than three times a game would be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't put up numbers at that. Gus, how hard is it along those? You know, uh, are quarterbacks born or are they de- developed? You know what I'm saying? Are, are they? Uh, c- can you teach a kid as much as you want, no matter what college they're at, and some get it or some don't? Or, or can a great coach bring out something that takes them to a career like you had in the NFL? Well, I think it's a little bit of both. I think back in the day, guys were just born that way with toughness and, and grit and kind of had their motion. Uh, they, they didn't really, you know, their mechanics were what they were. They probably didn't have a lot of people teaching them. And now today, kids are developed from a young age, whole way up through. And, I mean, kids going into college, 
they know defenses and how teams uh, rotate their defense, uh, understand the, you know, shotgun spread offense. And, and when we come out, that's not what we had to – we didn't know any of that. Like, like I said, we ran the wing tee. A lot of the offenses in high school were predicated on, you know, running the football, doing things to disguise things, and now it's just, just getting shotgun to throw it. So I think back in the day, quarterbacks were born. Today they're developed. Gus, I got to tell you, when I look at the list of different places that you played within the NFL and all the different quarterbacks, whether it's Culpepper or Jackson or Kittner or Bash or Batch or, 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 or Favre or, or Heath Shuler, whoever it might be, boy, it's just amazing all the different uh, stops that you had along the way with so many greats. And it, it, it had to be an incredible experience. Was there one team that you really said, you know what, this is the team that I want to be the quarterback of? Uh, was there one that really stands out? Well, I mean, I obviously my first team, uh, Washington, was incredible. I loved being in that city. It was a great city. It was very transient. Uh, you know, it was just it was really neat coming from a small school in the middle of Oklahoma, uh, going to a big town like D.C. and trying to trying to figure it out and being newly married and having kids. It was just uh, that first part for me. But um, you know, if there were a few teams, I would say for me one of my favorite stops ever. And I didn't play that much because Dante was a quarterback, but I played a little. But that 0-3-0-4 team in, in Minnesota was just incredible. And, you know, we should have won a Super Bowl with the team we had. We had some incredible players. And, and uh, you know, it was just it's just an amazing time. And I love Minnesota. It was it, That's why I came back in 08. You know, I got another chance to go play and, and try to do it all over again. What, what you, Kirk Cousins this year has uh... – a, he's been healthy. Pete and I were talking about this earlier. Mannion, the backup quarterback, is on the COVID list, which may be more concerning than even Delvin Cook today. But assess Cousins from what you've seen, another Washington quarterback that ended up in Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, Kurt, you know, the great thing about being a quarterback, you can't really play like anybody else. You have to play like yourself. If you want to go out and play like somebody else, it's not going to happen. And I think Kirk does a great job. He stays within himself. Uh he has a good arm. He can make those throws. Uh, you know, he leads that team in a great way. And I don't think he's missed a game in, what, four years with injury. So, uh, right. he, you know, he's he's very, very reliable. And I think that, they that you know, that's great for that team and, and what he does. And so he just moves the ball down the field. He shows that he can make big plays. He can drive the team. And, you know, he has some great talent around him. And, and if he can stay um, up on his feet today, I think he's going to have a great shot to, to win this game. I'll tell you what, it, it's it's so so much a pleasure to talk to you, Gus, and, and all the things that you do in terms of giving back, which I think is so important with the game plan consulting for high school kids trying to figure out colleges. But tell us a little bit about what you're up to, and, and I, I think you're still involved with this brain health initiative. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I'm not involved day-to-day with them, but RC21X, uh, they have an app. They call it the Roberto app that lets you um, measure and monitor your brain performance. So, he does, uh, Clarence uh, Carlos, who's the CEO of the company, um, he and I are still really good friends. I talk to him. Many people call me and ask me what this is. It's just an app that you can measure performance of your brain uh, day in and day out. And I think it's a great way, and they're really moving forward in all types of industries to, to promote brain health um, because anything can affect us from having COVID. And they're really moving forward in all types of industries to, to promote brain health. Um, because anything can affect us from having COVID to taking the wrong medication to getting hit in the head a bunch like I did. So, uh, you know, it's great to have something personal where you can have in your pocket and really uh, check out, you know, how your brain is performing, because we know that if anything happens to it and that performance goes down, 
it can affect your work, it can affect uh, your home life. Um, you know, and we've seen these guys who have issues um, in football that, that go on and, and, and do terrible things to themselves or other people. So just to be able to have something to monitor that is wonderful. And Pete, I'll start with you this question, and then Gus, you pick it up. I mean, Pete, you're in the the, the financial world and the, and the investment world. Uh, where are we at there from a business standpoint with with brain health as we look at it now that it's been you know the NFL has uh, uh, really called this in, you know put it in the spotlight. Yeah, they have. The NFL's I think uh, finally stepped up. It took them a long time, Max. Took them a long but time. Finally, yeah, it took a long time, but they did finally step up and. And they're doing a lot of what, what, what we're hearing from Gus as, as well, some of the monitoring. And now it's not on a daily or weekly basis, but to know where you are so that you can gauge, you know, in a year from now, maybe two years from now. But, but somehow there's at least a, a spot where they can actually take a look at your brain, make sure that you are in an area where you were before, or has that changed? And I think that's really important for the NFL. The NFL, I think, is – they lagged for a long time, but they, they're they're very aggressively now trying to help out players with the brain health side of things as well as the physical side. And and speaking of that, Gus, how how are you doing? Are, are do you monitor yourself uh, through this brain performance as well? And and how's your health outside of that? Yeah, you know, I I mean, I have some um, things that I go through and really don't. I just deal with it because I don't really want to go under the knife anymore and have more surgeries, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's just things you deal with, and I've been through therapy. Um, I've had mental health issues, and as long as you stay on top of it, uh, you talk to other people that can help you. The hardest part for, I think, our former players is that, uh, you know, we don't we want to be football players. We want to be tough, strong, gritty, and we don't want to tell anybody that we're hurt. And I think that carries through with us after we retire. And the hardest thing is to go tell your wife or somebody who supports you that, hey, I'm really having a lot of issues. Can I talk to somebody? Can I go seek out some uh, help? And then once you do that, you understand that here's so many things that I can do to help myself. And and that's in any, any industry, whether it's coming from the military or, in, you know, playing professional sports or just even any job that's very physical, um, you know, any of those things can happen. And I always tell people, you know, if you don't know, go talk to somebody, figure it out, and it's going to be better for you and your family. Wow, Gus, that's great advice, and uh, you mm-hmm. know, for all people going through anything out there, uh, whether it's uh, you know, you don't have to be an NFL player. You, you you may not even know why you feel the way that you do, but at least we're starting to broach some of those topics. Gus, always enjoy it. Thank you so much for giving us some time, and and we'll talk again real soon. But Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. All right, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Mike Pete. I appreciate it, and go Vikings. You bet, Gus. Uh-huh. Brought nice enough. Thanks, Gus. Yeah. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to further that conversation uh, with Pete because he's very much in tune to it. If anyone wants to text us, would you go to a Viking game today if they gave you a ticket? Does the virus scare you? Does it scare you away from Target Field on uh, Saturday? 651-461-9226, 651-461-9226, plus a special guest. Oh, we got a lot to talk about here in the final 45 minutes. Stay with us. This or call us 651-461-9226. Is the virus keeping you away from arenas or do you not fear it and coexisting with it? What are you doing? 651-461-9226. I've said from this text, I've said from day one, we need to live our lives while it can be bad. COVID was overplayed on many fronts. We'll have cold, flu, and COVID every year. Uh, People should understand this. Uh, Love and live your lives. So a lot of different... um, Discussion points on that six five one four six one nine two two six. If you have an opinion, 
that is worthy, give us a call. Pete uh, Gus Frott was just talking about uh, uh, players and what they what, what they encounter afterwards and, and long after the spotlight is shut off and and there are you know physical which can lead to mental and all those things. You've played with a lot of guys. You played the game for a long time. Where are we at with that right now in your mind? I think they're making a lot of progress. I think that the fact that the NFL has given the opportunity for players to to go and, and seek out and help with the financial obligations of this, in some cases it's free. I think that they, they've they done a lot of steps that they hadn't done, Maxie. We were talking about how they, they you know, the NFL kind of turned a blind eye for a long time, and it was just about, you know, getting these players in there, and once they're done, they're done, and that's the end of things. Uh, I think that they're doing a much better job now of, trying to keep up with where where are these guys and and where are they mentally where are they even physically there's a lot of different uh, issues that that so many players in every single league but specifically in the NFL when you consider the size the strength the speed and the the the, the kinds of hits that guys take uh, you know on the physical side but also on the brain side that's that's the really concerning thing for me and I and I'm and I'm happy that the NFL has embraced this far more than they once did and like we were talking about, the monitoring process of where are you now, you know, at age 35, 45, whatever it may be. And then a couple of years later, maybe it's five years, every five years, you're going to be able to at least see, okay, where was, where was this person and where are they now? And, and going through all of that. And that's, it's so important, Maxie, because I can't tell you the number of players that I played with on different teams um, – I don't want to have any individual names. I'm not going to mention that, but I can't tell you how many guys have either taken their lives or uh, they, they've had other issues and, and they just, they just aren't happy with life. And that's, that's really sad yeah. to me. So it's, it's something where the NFL has, has to step up. They've stepped up finally. And I think they're doing a much better job. Could they do better? Of course we could all do better, but at least they've made the moves to make sure that they are monitoring things and they are giving players a lot of different options to choose from. And the only problem there is sometimes the difficulty is that, that, that mentally sometimes players are in a position where they don't even realize how bad things have become. Yeah, and so they, they need loved ones to help get them there. Yeah. Do you ever have that conversation again without naming names with, you know, somebody, you know, that you played with against whatever, and it might be in the NFL it could happen in college as well, or even in high school, sure. depending on how you're concussed or the injuries that you sustain. But do you ever have that person where you go, that's not the same person I knew five years ago. Oh boy, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, like you said, no names, but you know the the reality is, unfortunately, Maxie, I have seen a lot of that, and 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 oh. more so, you know, with 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 certain professional teams, it seems like more often than college, and 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 obviously each step, I think, would because of strength, because of size and speed sure. and everything else, and number of hits, repetition, right. Right. The number of hits. And, and I think they've learned a lot about that. And I think a lot of I mean, you go to a Vikings practice, you, you're out there much more often than I am. But I, I am shocked, actually, how little hitting goes on. Oh, they, they have gone. <laughs> I honest. mean, the precautions they have taken. And I say yep. this for high school kids, too, that, they, you know, some kids don't want to go out because they think they're undersized that, and they think they can get run over. There's not much hitting that goes on anywhere anymore, and probably for the better. I mean, if you're a backup quarterback at some places, you might not ever get touched all year, you know? Oh, yeah. It's probably one of the great positions of all time is yeah, to be a backup yes. quarterback. <laughs> you put that but, red shirt on, you know, and if you don't get in the game, oh, you're never going to get hit. That's right. That's exactly right. But, but I'll tell you, they, they, they have done a much better job. I think coaches have done a much better job, to your point, whether it's high school, college, or professionally in terms of trying to reduce down some of this. It doesn't mean you can't still practice hard. It doesn't mean you can't still hit occasionally. 
But I think it is smart that they're they're taking um, advantage of all the knowledge they've acquired in the last five or ten years specifically to make sure, okay, we don't need to do this, and, and, and they're moving forward. And because of that, you know, there's some good and some bad. I think part of the reason we see so many running backs doing so well, you know, in the last year or two is, you know, tackling's gotten a little bit worse. That's, that, <laughs> and, you and know what, that's a really interesting point, you know, because cause you do, you know, that that is the one complaint that coaches will have about this is, we can't teach them to tackle without going live some. And I don't know what the happy right. medium is there, but that's a really good point for some of these running backs. Because yeah, you see them starts... get to the you see them get to the secondary pretty quick sometimes when they shouldn't, don't you? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I and I think that's that starts really more more even oftentimes in college where that you know the time frames. You know, when I was in college, Maxi, there was no limited time of anything. Old Lou, keep you oh, out there until you thought you, oh, yeah. you had it figured out, huh? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and you know what? I'll never forget Lou Holtz. You know, at one point in time, and this is not a negative; it's just part of the game at the time. But we, you know, they used to call it periods. So first period, second yep. period, third period. Each one's about ten minutes, yeah. and you'd get to about fifteen and. We all knew the schedule. When you get to 17, that's the end of practice, yep. and you're all excited, right? Yep. We got to 15 on a couple of different occasions with Coach Holtz, and all of a sudden he blew the whistle. He said, go back in the locker room and come on back. We're going to start all over. Oh boy! <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> We're starting from zero again. Go get a drink of water, and I'll meet you back out here at the 50, huh? Oh, I hear film, you. I, hear, hey, yeah. hey, I want to leave time for our next guest. It's a special guest. It's a surprise Uh-oh. guest to Pete Nigerian. And we'll be talking football and much more. Stay with us. Welcome back to the huddle. Pete Nigerian, Mike Max, and we are joined by surprise guest for Pete, the other Nigerian. John Nigerian, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, sir. Merry Christmas, Mr. Mike Max, and uh, Pete, Merry Christmas, uh, belated happy birthday, couple days late, but I also shot you that one uh, uh, via text a couple yeah. days ago. I, I want, you know, for people that don't know, you two, of course, John, you played for the Bears, and you, and, and you long history in, in uh, football, and, and you were the one, right, John, that got Pete into the marketplace? That's right. That's right. Luckily, Pete had a strong interest, Maxie, uh, in uh, what we were doing in Chicago, trading in the pits. And each year on his way to and from Tampa or wherever he was playing that year, he would uh, stop by uh, on the way to or on the way from uh, his playing in the NFL and check it out for a few weeks. And uh, when he finally hung up the cleats, he decided this is what he wanted to do. And he's been great at it ever since. You had a pretty good mentor, Pete, huh? Yeah, I got pretty fortunate. When, you, when you've got somebody who's related to you, your own brother, who, uh, who's had so much success, and you show up as a guy who knows nothing, Mike, nothing about <laughs> the markets. <laughs> I was pre-med, man. I mean, at some point in time, I was going to try to go to medical school and try to be an orthopedic surgeon and, and get, stay that way. I could stay in the sports world and all the rest of that. But, um, you know, once I got down there and, 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 and watched and understood and, and used a lot of that math and, the you know, the quick calculations that you have to do when you stood on the trading floor, uh, I fell in love with it. And it's competitive and, and, and it's, it's phenomenal. I, there's, there are so many different elements of the trading world. And John and I have talked about this forever. But how similar the trading world is to the sports world. doesn't matter about football. It could be anything. As a matter of fact, 
John, you could probably uh, tell Maxie, give him a little bit of a rundown of all the different sports type people or competitive people that we had as traders on the on the trading floor because yeah. it's pretty amazing is uh, the the background of these guys. Sure. Well, um, just as Pete's saying, Maxie, uh, uh, people came to the uh, uh, trading floors, the pits, as we called them in Chicago, from so many different backgrounds. Some of the most successful people were pro athletes or people that were card counters in Vegas, people that were chess players, um, people that played bridge, anybody that could calculate quickly. But Many of those people that could do all those things weren't necessarily physical and able to stand in the pits and not slug it out literally, but hold their ground uh, and uh, be an intimidating force, you know, like obviously Pete is. Yeah, I didn't realize that was part of the game, though, huh? That is. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That plays into it for sure. And so we had guys that were uh, from baseball, hockey, Alex Pyrus, uh, a young guy that uh, that I worked with and was one of my mentors on the floor. He was a hockey player for the North Stars um, back in the day, a 20-goal scorer from Notre Dame. And we had uh, pro skiers, uh, you name it. But primarily, the ones that were really successful, at least the ones that I knew, were uh, former football players, um, both on the Board of Trade, Chicago Board, Option Exchange, and the Mercantile Exchange, the CME. And I think, Maxie, it had something to do with uh, the discipline it takes to be a pro athlete, um, you know, doing it every day, you know, you can't take a day off kind of thing. And that physicality, that ability to stand down there in the pit, get bounced around, and not lose your focus, not not be the guy that, you know, hits the guy as he's going out of bounds and causes your team uh-huh. to lose the game, <laughs> you know, those kinds of things. Pete, take me through. So, so is a day on the on the on the floor like a, like a game day? Is that what it feels like? Oh, every single day, uh, every single day. You know, to, yeah. to some degree, because it, and it depends on you know what's going on in the outsides of the market. You know, whether it's oil or or you know, obviously there's even been wars. We had nine eleven. We've had all those kinds of things, and. You know, that obviously raises it up a little bit more, but it is, it's competitive enough that you are going, if, if it's not a game, it's something close to practice every single day. Uh, very difficult practice or, or scrimmages. You have to be focused every single day when you're down standing on the trading floor. As a matter of fact, John, I'll, uh, you'll have to tell Maxie and the gang here. Um, so there's a, there's a documentary out there called Floored that John and I are both a part of that. And we were part of the interview process, but it was, yep. it was sort of curtailed. It, it gave me the background of what the trading floors were like, and then um, how they transitioned off the trading floor to the next level. And John, I think that that that's really interesting, but the most interesting, tell, tell Maxie a little bit about how you got to the floor and uh, who was, who was the person that vouched for you on the trading floor? Well, yeah, the, uh, uh, I think what Max, what he's referring to, Max, is, uh, um, so you have to, uh, go through a big background check before you get to be on the trading floor. You okay, can't yep. have been a criminal or committed a fraud or any of that stuff. Yep. So after you fill out all that stuff, um, you have to fill out what have you done for the last, uh, 10 years. Yep. Uh, and since I just came out of college, that was pretty quick and easy. Um, but, uh, one of the things that was on my resume, if you will, was playing for the Bears. So when I went in to, uh, 
meet the the membership committee, they uh, they're pretty strict about you know you have to follow their rules. It's their way or the highway. So I showed up, did everything they had asked me to do. Showed up in a suit, didn't have tennis shoes on like the runners do on the floor. Instead, had you know hard soled shoes and all that kind of stuff. Tie all the way up the whole nine yards, um, and then. They said, the, the chairman of the committee said, John, I have two questions for you. He says, one, it says here you played for the Chicago Bears. Is that true? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, all right. Uh, second question, did you ever tackle Walter Payton? And I said, <laughs> yes, sir, I did. And he said, congratulations, you're a member of the Board of Trade. <laughs> if, if, if you can tackle Walter Payton, you can make it in this business, huh? Yeah, well, and also – Everybody in Chicago, it seems, just loved and loves Walter Payton. Just such a phenomenal guy. And obviously the NFL still has the award in his name. Um, they have a Brian Piccolo Award and they have a Walter Payton Award. And, uh, you know, the man of the year is the Walter Payton Award. And uh, that's how highly the whole league thought of Walter Payton. And certainly didn't hurt that I had that on my resume. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. So who are the people, both of you, when you talk about going to a floor, you know, some guys make it, some guys don't. Some guys have great backgrounds and you think they can't miss, and they miss, just like sports. Who are the ones that, that don't make it, that try to do what you do? Because so many people try to get into what you guys are into. Well, um, I would say that it, it it's all down to discipline. I mean, Pete Maxey tweets that almost every day. Uh, DDA, which is discipline dictates action. And if you don't have that discipline, just like our father would say, as far as being a surgeon, he said, John, I could teach a monkey to do surgery. <laughs> he said, but it's knowing what not to do ah. and knowing what to do if things go wrong that makes the difference between a skilled surgeon and somebody who could just physically do the job, but didn't have that knowledge. And the same is true of trading. I think you have to have that discipline or you're not going to make it. You'll end up blowing yourself up. Well, Pete, that's a little bit like that quarterback we talk about, right? The Aaron Rodgers, who it's not just that he puts up numbers, it's that he doesn't throw interceptions. Right, and isn't that the key? When, when you watch football, and that's why I say this year that Kirk Cousins has had such an amazing year because with the Vikings have been in every game, he's, he's driven the length of the field when he's needed to to get them in position to win, even, even on the games when we didn't win. But he doesn't throw interceptions, Maxie, and that's, that's what's made, I think, this year for Kirk, and obviously every year, it seems like, for Aaron Rodgers, that's what makes them great because, it, the, you know, the touchdowns will come. But it's all about, you know, not giving the ball to the other team and, and flipping the field and all those different things that we talk about each and every day. It's it's so important not to turn over the ball. And the quarterbacks who don't, they are the ones that we eventually look up to and say, you know what, that guy is the best quarterback of this year. And and that's one of the criticisms that I just had not too, too long ago. And I love Joe Burrow, but he's throwing too many interceptions. He will be great when he stops throwing these interceptions because he's pretty close already. John, uh, by the way, I wish you guys would have called me before you uh, look, looking for investors when you when you started Option Monster. It would have helped my life <laughs> incredibly if you had done that. <laughs> but John, you know, just explain that the, uh, the Nigerian life is a fascinating one, starting with your father and, and, and what he, of course, accomplished and, and all that he did at the University of Minnesota and for the state of Minnesota and beyond as a surgeon. Uh, 
do, do you think, did, did he give to you guys, uh, when, when I look at you guys, it, you, you all have that kind of gamer mentality where, where life is short and we're going to get the most out of it and we're going to do everything we can to find out what it is we can find out about ourselves along the way. And with that has come obviously a lot of success. But explain what, what he gave to the, the Nigerian boys that you, you guys, you, you, you might do it differently, but you've got that same attitude. Well, and thank you for that, Maxie. Uh, uh, I think mom and dad both gave us um, a lot of confidence, uh, not too cocky, but a certain amount of confidence that we could do anything we wanted to do. Um, and so, you know, whether it's our brothers David and Paul or whether it's Pete and me, uh, we were lucky enough to have uh, the confidence that, you know, Pete and I had never started a brokerage firm before, but we did it. And, you know, we were successful at it, sold it to E-Trade and so forth. We're doing it again, Maxie. So we'll, we'll make sure we hit up uh, the Maxie's account, Pete, for an investor <laughs> as, we, as we launch the new brokerage firm. But, you know, just to have the confidence that if you work hard at it and you, you got to understand that none of us know everything. So you got to be confident enough in your own abilities to then say, we're going to go out and get somebody who is an expert on, for instance, uh, the brokerage side of the business or on the Internet, because Pete and I aren't coders, or in uh, cryptocurrencies before we started the brokerage side of the business or on the Internet, because Pete and I aren't coders, or in uh, cryptocurrencies before we started trading them, we went out and got guys that were experts in it and had them help us along, because it seems like anybody who isn't in their 20s has a hard time at first understanding crypto and things like that. And so just uh, you got to know what you don't know, and then sort of reach out and find people that can either work with you or help you. And that's something that served us really well, Maxie. Pete, what, what if you and John have a disagreement? What, what, what happens? I picture oh, you guys boy. saying, okay, let's put the gloves on. Yeah, it turns into a brawl. No, I will be honest with you. It's it's extremely rare. I, you know, even from the day I got onto the trading floors and started in with John, 1992, um, you know, Maxie, I I kept my head down. I did did the right things, I think. And, and, you know, there hasn't been really any, you know, disruptions between the two of us ever. And it's I think it's because we both have the same goals. We both have the same discipline. We both push really, really hard, but we 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 don't overdo it. And uh and so far, it's been a, a, a really great relationship well, the, the entire time. Honestly, I don't remember, and John, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't remember a time, Maxie, where we had any disagreements. I mean, I mean, not even one. Uh, the, the number of times where I was the risk manager for the firm, and we're talking about huge dollars here, uh, when I'm the risk manager for that, John trusted me that I was doing the right thing with all the different uh, you know, folks that we had. We had as many as 40 or 50 traders on the trading floor at one time. Uh, you know, somebody's got to manage them. I did, and and John never questioned me on it. So it's uh, we really haven't had too many disagreements about anything. I think we always have the same types of vision looking forward. John, I mean, with that, I mean, you guys, at the end of the day, you're looking at things. Obviously, not every every trade works out. Not every company you invest in works out. What brings you back, and how do you get through the fear of? failure you know i oh the last one I, I i thought this was a surefire thing and it didn't work now you got to come back on the floor and still believe in the next one where does that come from well yeah i, I think that that's that same discipline that uh you know when pete talks about difference between burroughs and aaron Rodgers, 
obviously there's a lot of years of experience um, in Aaron Rodgers that Joe Burrow is going to have, and he's going to be great. But, you know, when you have that, or even Baker Mayfield yesterday, the poor guy's got this, you know, uh, the, the, the bad left shoulder, so he can't pivot and give that ball the kind of velocity it needs and so forth. But yet he was still out there slinging and trying to get the job done, and he had to have confidence that he could get it, he could make it happen. There are things that keep you from being able to perform at that highest level, and I already spoke to his injury, but you have to have the confidence to say, if I just stick to my discipline, I mean, look at Tom Brady, you know, he's, he's backing up, uh, up in New England, he finally gets his shot, and he has to have the confidence to hold on to that, even though the guy that he just replaced was the guy that was, you know, a man of the year sort of candidate in the NFL for a couple of years, Bledsoe and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I think you just have to have that confidence in yourself that you can get through it and that, you know, you'll just keep trying because we all make mistakes. You know, that's one thing about trading and about playing sports. There's going to be a, be a mistake every day. I don't care if you're Pete or Ray Lewis, you're going to have a mistake and you got to be able to put it behind you and move on. Last question for both you in our last minute here before we got to go to break. What do, I mean, has life surpassed what you ever thought it would be and became something that you never thought it would be, uh, you know, j- just because you took that attitude in and you didn't know when you were in college or in high school you are going to be traders. You just knew you wanted to do something with your life, but has it been even better than what you thought it would be? I would say uh, that – For, uh, for me, the answer I'm, is I'm, yes. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Peter. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with John. I, I, I would never have dreamed of uh, of what I'm doing and, and what a great job it is, and it's not a job. It, I literally wake up every day, and I'm excited for the day, not because I have to go to work, but because I get to do what I'm doing. And, and I think that's the attitude that uh, helps John and I out each and every day is we're not working. We get to do this, and, and, and that's a, a real critical difference. And I think a lot of people – approach things in a different way than that and i think that's a mistake i think the fact that you love what you do maxi think about all the things that you get to do and it, it, it's a great life so uh, you know i i think john and i would never have dreamed that we were in the uh, fortunate enough to be in the position that we are today john very true yep um i wouldn't have dreamt it but um i would i always had a thought that there would be something pretty special out there for us and we were lucky to have our folks, to have a coach like uh, I know. I know Pete's always talking about him, Coach Robinson, and Coach Carter, and many of the wonderful people at Central High that you know put us on the right path. But having a great family and moms and dads, and even a strong Christian background, I think really is one of the things that helped get us to where we are, Maxie. That is a great combination, John. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. Thank you so much for being a surprise guest with us uh, this morning. Lots of fun to visit with you. Likewise. Thank you, Maxie. Thanks, Pete. See you soon. Yeah, thanks, John. Yep. Take a break. Come back. Finish it up. Was that fun? Stay with us on the huddle. The huddle. Uh, Pete, this text just came in, and I think you'll Uh-oh. appreciate it. It says it would be impossible <laughs> For them not to be successful with a father like he had, Dr. Nigerian referring to. I was a head nurse at the University of Minnesota while he was there, and I have never met a finer, more competent, congenial person. I cried for days after he died. And I'm not sure the person, wow. they didn't sign their name, but that says a lot. 
Yeah, it does. I'll tell you what, and I and I think the world, and still do to this day, of of my father. You know, unfortunately, sometimes he gets so much credit, Maxie, that I feel bad for mom. <laughs> yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying. It, it, yeah, there's there's a lot to both, right? Yeah, well, and you know, she's a Benson, Minnesota, born yep. and raised gal. She got educated down to Gustavus. I mean, she had these ties to Minnesota, and then she wanted to explore the world. And she met my father on our first stop in San Francisco, and. Eventually, they moved back here, and, and you know, she's the rock. I mean, yeah. think about this for a minute, Max. <laughs> Here's a woman that's got to deal with four big personalities and then throw in the fifth with Pops, and, and, and all of a sudden, you've got <laughs> – That's <laughs> a lot going go, on at the dinner table. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you have and, – and, and when the friends come over, you know, especially as you're young and in high school and, every, you know, you've got all these guys coming into the house, and my mom never blinked. She was ready, and she'd start cooking, and she – you know, it's – She's the, she was absolutely, she was the anchor of the family. There's no yep. doubt about it. She, she anchored us all into reality and, um, she doesn't get nearly enough credit. So I wanted to make sure that I mentioned that absolutely. because everybody always says, Oh, your dad. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I had a mother too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and anybody that's, that has a great mother and, and I'm fortunate myself understands exactly what you mean when you say that. And I come from three boys in a family where you're knocking around a lot and hunting a lot and you know lots of stuff and uh yeah and, uh, it's 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 amazing but to, to hearken back to what they did for you because i think this is just critical and you know in, in successful people that i see in so many ways is they, they gave you the confidence that said we don't we don't know what you're going to be we really don't care but but we want mm-hmm. you to believe in yourself and that's what i hear when i hear you and and your brother and i think you know, how critical is that? To, you talk about an advantage that we don't, we can't, we can't sure. calculate. We can't put a GPA to it. It's not a class. Mm-hmm. If you believe in yourself and you believe you can yeah. be successful, holy cow, is that an advantage? Absolutely. And I'll tell you the one thing that Dad always em- emphasized to us um, as a guy who's going off and he's doing transplants, and it's twenty four seven when you're in that world. Oh actually, yeah. Because He'd get called two or three in the morning, one o'clock in the morning. Didn't matter. You know, you get up, he'd put on his shirt and tie and he'd go off to work. I mean, he would not show up in in a T-shirt. Yep. <laughs> he was he was a professional at all times. But he always told us, he said, look, find what you love and then figure out a way to make money doing it. And if you can do that, you are going to have a great life. And that, that that was something that always stayed with me. And, I, you know, to this day. If you love what you're doing and you can make money doing it, uh, man, there, there, you, there's nothing better than that. Oh, like Harvey McKay says, right? Find what you love to do and then find somebody that will pay for it and the rest will take care of itself. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot to that. we got to get him on here one of these days, too. Hey, Pete, we're, we're heading to Adam Thielen. will play, it looks like, today for the Minnesota Vikings. It is the Vikings and the Rams, of course, coming up here with a, a noon kickoff. And you like who and why? I like the Vikings because I think that we aren't, uh, we're not necessarily desperate, but we've got to win out. And I think when you look at the last couple of games, we played great against Pittsburgh. We, we, we didn't play great against the Bears, but we still managed to win. And that's a place where we can't usually win, but we did. And so I think, I think the Vikings are on the right path. And, 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 you know, the Rams don't have something that to look for. They're already there. We yep. are, are, are a team that's got to get there, but you know what? Without Dalvin Cook, I think it's going to be that this really does weigh on Kirk Cousins. He's got to come through and he's got to get those drives and not field goals, but get touchdowns. Yeah, and and hopefully Thielen can offset some of that and negate it. But uh, we'll talk about it more next week. Pete, thank you so much. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all of the above. Uh, absolutely, you as well. Merry Christmas to you, man. Have a great one. You too, Pete Nigerian on the huddle with uh, help from his brother today. Golly, that was fun. Matt Make, Gus Ferrat. 
We'll do it again next week. I'll be back tomorrow afternoon, 3 to 6, on News Talk 830 WCCL. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at 4. Donchich. The step back 3. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 